chill, an uneasy feeling that you're not alone. Don't worry, it's just a ghost. A shout out to Tia Mayhem and Tanya Venom of Stormstress for providing the incredible intro music for this podcast. Welcome to It's Just a Ghost. I am your host, Mary Jensen. This episode is a fiction story I wrote titled Wisteria, and it is recorded complete with sound effects. Credits will be at the end and also on my website at entertainment-source.com. Next week, my co-ghost Perry and I discuss the abandoned Belchertown School for the Feeble-Minded. We have done two investigations there, and wait until you hear how crazy haunted this place is. We have EVPs that we will include, and photos of faces and windows that will be available on the website. Be sure to follow It's Just a Ghost and sign up to receive notifications so you never miss an episode. Here is my story. Wisteria, a fiction story by Mary Jensen. He raised his hand in class. Yes, Mr. Baige. Tommy Baige had a question. Tommy always had a question, and it annoyed the rest of the students because class wasn't over until all the questions were answered. It was English Lit in the last class of the day, a Friday no less. Your question, Mr. Baige asked the teacher. Oh, well, I would like extra writing for the weekend break, sir. The room went silent, all except for the other students' mumbles and sighs. Mr. Snow cleared his throat. throat) Well, yes, there is an extra credit assignment for those of you who are interested. More mumbles and sighs from the class. All except for Tommy, that is. Tommy smiled from ear to ear. Teacher's back. Someone whispered. He always makes the rest of us look bad, whispered someone else. No one wants extra credit homework ever, but Tommy, said another. Hearing all the jabs against him and his idea only made Tommy sit up even straighter and smile even wider. He didn't need the extra credit. He loved to write and didn't care what the other kids thought of him. He would be a famous writer someday. The assignment, Mr. Snow said, will be to write about your pet. It was to be an essay. If you didn't own a pet, you were to write about an animal you would like to have as a pet. The essay should describe what your pet looks like, how you acquired it, what it eats, where it sleeps, and to describe tricks it does, if any, the toys it plays with, and how it gets along with other animals and humans. Tommy had a pet. He had a cat. But he didn't want to write about Rufus. He had an idea. His essay would be about the only pet he ever wanted in his entire ten years of life. The taunts were never just in class. The other kids bullied Tommy every chance they got. To and from school, and during lunch, recess, everywhere. Tommy was tough though. He ignored them as much as possible. And when they got in his face, he would shove them back. You wait and see he'd say. You just wait. The kids were relentless and the taunting would continue along the walk home until they reached the four corners. Tommy went left. The Trow twins went right and Mitch and Tony continued straight ahead. 
After the split, most times, the other boys would keep mocking Tommy in a nasty voice. You wait. Ooh, what you gonna do, Tommy? But this day was different. Today they got a special writing assignment. Tommy always knew there would be a special one someday. He just wasn't sure when or what it would be. He had suspected it was getting close, though, because he was feeling different. He felt stronger and more confident. These feelings had been building up over the last few months until, well, until he was ready. Mr. Snow must have known he was ready, too, otherwise he wouldn't have given this special assignment yet. Because Tommy was ready, the kids stopped harassing him that day before they even got to the four corners. They all saw Tommy's eyes flash red and his front teeth sort of turned to fangs. It happened so quickly that each of the other four boys weren't sure they saw anything out of the ordinary at all. They weren't sure they saw nothing either. No one said a word about the incident. Tommy kept walking as he watched the others run like the devil himself was after them. Later that evening, after dinner, Tommy went to his room and wrote. He didn't have to think much about it as he had dreamt about this moment since he could even walk or talk. The time had come to write it all down and he knew once he started there would be no turning back. He also knew his pet would not just be an essay. His written words would not lay dormant on paper. They would take on a life of their own and protect him for the rest of his life. He began writing. My pet's camouflaged by its beauty, and you can become seduced by it. That is how my story begins. And even though my pet is nothing like any other pet, it is a living creature. Some might consider it a plant or weed, but it is a pet I have chosen. Some may even consider it evil, and it can be. If you're a good person, though, you have nothing to worry about. Tommy was careful to remember to include the guidelines Mr. Snow asked to be in the essay. I acquired my pet through my dreams. Depending what sort of person you are in my life determines what he looks like and how he behaves. The weed, that society knows it as, grows and kills all plants in its path. It's relentless. Its hunger for plants is what makes it differ from my pet of the same name. His name is Wisteria. He will get along with my family and my friends, if I had any, and anyone else who doesn't bother me. As for the Tro twins and Mitch and Tony, well, that's a completely different story. He can choose who he eats, but he craves human flesh and will stop at nothing to help me rid of anyone I wish. Tommy put down his pen, grabbed a jacket, and snuck out of his bedroom window. He realized he only needed to write the beginning of his essay to bring his pet to life, to awaken it from his lifelong dream. After that, he walked around town, and, like a dog, Wisteria followed and did the tricks that Tommy requested of him. Tommy felt exhilarated as he walked to the four corners. Which way should we go, Wisteria? Huh, boy? He said as he patted the dog's head. The weed dog's tail wagged with excitement and anticipation of what was to come. Let's go left towards Mitch's house, then we can hit Tony's after that. Wisteria barked with excitement. 
His back was not like a regular dog. Oh no, it came out as an airy squeal, much like that of someone or something in pain. Since Tommy was in complete control of wisteria, they could walk along without the weeds slithering off, strangling plants and roots, or busting water pipes. Since it was dark out, they appeared to be just a boy and his dog out for a walk. Tommy waited until after dark because he knew if anyone was to see wisteria in the light, it would cause an uproar. Just because the wee dog had four legs, a tail, and a dog-shaped body did not mean he could pass as a regular dog. He was green, and instead of fur, he had little sharp spikes on his entire body. The spikes weren't always sharp, though. Right now, they were soft. If Wisteria were to get angry, the soft spikes would become like tiny nails that could rip and tear anything apart. Tommy and Wisteria turned left at the four corners. Tommy skipped down the middle of the road, with Wisteria trotting beside him. Soon, they reached Mitch's house. Tommy and Wisteria walked to the safety of the tree's shadows, and Tommy stooped down to Wisteria's level. Okay, boy, this is it. This is the beginning. Tommy psyched himself up, thinking about his classmate's upcoming doom. Tommy told the wee dog about the taunting and the cruelty he endured over the years. How, because he enjoyed writing and requested extra assignments to feed his creativity and improve his craft, he felt like he didn't belong. The kids would call him a geek and a nerd. He had no friends. Until now, Tommy was a loner. Not anymore though, right boy? said Tommy. From now on, we're a team. The best of friends forever. The more Tommy told his pet of his abuse, the stiffer and sharper Wisteria's spikes became. They were now ready for battle. Wisteria followed Tommy to stand outside of Mitch's bedroom window. Tommy had taken pebbles from the driveway when they first arrived at the house. Now he threw them at the window. The ping sound when the pebbles contacted the glass seemed louder in the stillness of the night. Mitch appeared at the window. Tommy could see him squinting and cupping his eyes, trying to make out who was standing on the ground below. All the while Tommy was flinging pebbles, Wisteria had started his climb up the side of the house toward Mitch's window. Wisteria's feet remained planted firmly on the ground. It was his ears that grew and stretched longer and longer, slithering the way up until they were just under the sill of the window. Wisteria's spikes became stiffer and sharper up and down the length of his ears. Tommy waved both arms in the air. Mitch opened the window wide and stuck his head out. Who's there? Mitch whispered loudly. Wisteria knew this was his cue. He slithered his ears even higher. Then in one quick sweep, the ears wrapped around Mitch's neck. There was a brief, raspy sound that escaped Mitch as the ears tightened around his throat. <laughs> With a quick jerk, the ears yanked Mitch out of the window and flung him to the ground at Tommy's feet. Tommy looked down, and a smile spread across his face. Hello, Mitch, he said. Mitch's eyes were full of fear. Tommy could see the tiny holes around his neck where the spikes had punctured it. What? What? Tommy? Was all Mitch was able to mumble. 
The next few seconds seemed like a lifetime to Mitch. Wisteria's ears slithered the rest of the way back down the siding of the house, shrinking as they made the descent. Weed Dog trotted over to Tommy and Mitch. The next second, Wisteria's ears once again grew longer as they wrapped around Mitch's entire body, all the while squeezing tighter and tighter. As they squeezed, Mitch slowly disappeared. The spikes were puncturing and absorbing Mitch's flesh. Tommy could see the lumps moving through Wisteria's ears on down to his stomach. The noises coming from both Wisteria and Mitch were loud and sickening. Chomping sounds came from Wisteria. Incredible, wet, chomping sounds. Low panic gurgles escaped from Mitch as his eyes bulged from the immense pressure. They bulged larger and larger until they popped right out of his head, landing on the ground a few feet away. The rest of the body went limp. Wisteria loosened his grip and unwound himself from the corpse. His ears shrank down to their normal dog size, and the spikes softened. Then the weed dog finished Mitch off with two scoops of his tongue. Good job, Wisteria, said Tommy as he patted the weed dog on the head. Wisteria wagged his tail and licked Tommy's face. Let's go find Tony. A boy and his dog out for a walk. At least that is what it looked like, but Tommy felt uneasy. But that changed once they reached Tony's. Tommy dug the remaining pebbles from his pocket. The same as before, boy, he said to Hysteria. The weed dog's tail wagged and the spikes began to stiffen. Tommy threw pebble after pebble at Tony's bedroom window. Wisteria's ears slithered up the side of the house, stopping just under the windowsill. Tommy threw another pebble and another, but no one came to the window. Just then, Tommy saw movement out of the corner of his eye. Stepping back further into the shadows, he watched as Tony pedaled his bike up the driveway and leaned it against the house. Tony was just about to open the front door when he heard a growl. Tommy tensed as Tony came closer to the side yard. He hoped Wisteria was still in the shadows and his ears weren't noticeable on the side of the house. Tony stepped further onto the side lawn. Jackson, is that you? He yelled, calling his dog. Wisteria growled. Tony moved closer to the sound. Wisteria barked. And Tony moved closer still. Tommy stepped from the tree line so he could see what was happening. It was dark near the house, so he could barely make out the ears shrinking back to their normal size as they slithered down the side of the house. Another bark. and Tony took another step closer. Then, all at once, like lightning, Wisteria pounced at Tony, knocking him to the ground. <coughs> Tony's screams cut off as the weed dog's ears wrapped around his throat, choking the life out of him. Tommy stepped all the way out of the shadows now. He stood in the ray of light from the street lamp. An evil smile spread across his face. Finish him off, boy. You're doing great. 
The ears squeezed so hard that the spike severed Tony's head clean off. The ears wrapped around the length of the body and, much like what happened to Mitch, happened to Tony. Tommy wasn't completely sure how all of this was possible. He just knew that whatever he thought in his head happened. He wanted the spikes to puncture and absorb the flesh and blood, and it happened. He wanted the ears to take the flesh and crush the bones while devouring it all and landing it in the stomach of his pet, where it would digest like any other food. He only had to think it, and it happened. Wisteria finished his meal by licking his chops. He burped, <clears throat> and that made Tony laugh. <laughs> He knew the head was the hardest part to destroy and digest, but the wee dog did it because Tommy thought he could. Come on, Wisteria. That is enough for tonight. We have to get home before daylight so no one sees what you look like. And no matter how hard Tommy tried, he could not change the way Wisteria looked. On the walk home, as they passed Mitch's house, Tommy got that uneasy feeling again. Something just wasn't right. It was a feeling that something wasn't finished. And he stopped in front of the house and looked around. It must be just the first victim jitters, Tommy whispered. Yeah, that has to be it. Let's go home and rest, Wisteria. We have another big night tomorrow. When they got home, Tommy tied Wisteria to a metal stake behind the barn where no one ever went. Then he climbed up the trellis to his bedroom. He threw his jacket on the floor, turned on his desk lamp, and then opened his notebook to the essay. He couldn't believe his eyes. The writing continued, on its own, where he had left off. It appeared just he had thought it, just as it happened. He closed the notebook and stuffed it between his mattresses. Tommy didn't sleep much that night. Satisfied with how his essay was coming along, didn't stop the uneasiness he felt. He decided he would revisit the yards of both dead boys when dark fell again. Maybe something got left behind. Soon the morning sun would shine bright and that would make him feel better, he thought. Tommy dressed and ran downstairs for breakfast. He grabbed a slice of toast off the pile his mother had set on the table. He almost made it out the door. Don't forget we are going to your grandmother's 80th birthday at one o'clock, yelled his mother. Okay, said Tommy, letting the screen door slam on his way out. Good morning, Wisteria, he said. Tommy stopped in his tracks. He stared at the wee dog. What happened? Jeez, you grew a lot overnight. He could swear his pet was twice the size as he was the night before when he had tied him to the stake. Wisteria barked his creepy bark. said Tommy. He patted Wisteria's head. Ouch! He yanked his hand back. There were little round trickles of blood on his palm. Tommy knew Wisteria's spikes should only get sharp when he was preparing to attack. Tommy slowly backed away. Okay, boy. I gotta go to my grandma's. I'll be back tonight and we will get the twins. Tommy ran back to the house. The wee dog wagged his tail. 
with anticipation. He ran back and forth all the way to the end of his chain. Each time he jerked the stake, it loosened a little bit more. It was after dark before Tommy returned home and could escape through his bedroom window. This time he grabbed his flashlight. Behind the barn, he noticed a hole in the ground where the stake had been. He could see a trail in the dirt where Wisteria had dragged the stake and attached chain. Tommy followed the trail. Soon the dirt led to grass in his neighbor's yard. He ran a few more feet where he found the stake and chain lying on the ground. Then he noticed the collar chewed clean through. How? What? What? This can't be happening. This is not what I'm thinking, he said aloud to no one. Tommy knew he had to find Wisteria, and fast. Maybe Wisteria went to the trial twins, thought Tommy. He ran to the four corners. He did tell Wisteria they would go there tonight. He felt slightly more relaxed about the situation until he realized Wisteria didn't know where the twins lived. Tommy ran all the way to the twins' house. Frantically, he searched all around. There were no signs of Wisteria. He felt sick to his stomach. Wisteria, where are you? No response. Tommy ran to Mitch's house. There were police cars with their lights on. He could see straight down to Tony's house. There were police cars there too. He knew they were looking for Mitch and Tony. Good luck with that, he said under his breath. Tommy ran home. Just as he got to his driveway, his dad was coming out of the house. Where have you been? He shook Tommy and then hugged him. Get in the house. Your mother is worried sick. Oh, thank God, said his mother. Do not leave this house again. Do you hear me? There are two boys from your class missing. Okay, Mom, geez. You don't have to yell. The TV was on in the living room, and the news reporter was talking about Mitch and Tony. Both the boys went missing from their homes during the night. It is possible they ran away but we are under a thorough investigation, said a police trooper. There were volunteers searching the surrounding woods. Tommy went to his room, pulled out the notebook from under the mattress, and opened it to where he left off the night before. There was more writing, and it wasn't his, nor was it anything he thought to have happened. He didn't know where this new information was coming from. He didn't know who or what was working on his essay, or how they were able to do it. He quickly read the next few pages. It told of how the missing boy's parents had contacted the authorities once they realized they were gone. It told about the entire town in chaos searching for the boys. Tommy noticed more written pages. Hoping for a clue, he knew he had to read on. He hoped that Wisteria had gotten to the twins and took care of them. Just because he had gone to the house and it was quiet didn't mean anything. Maybe Wisteria had already done the job. Perhaps he got to them after Tommy had left for his grandma's. Only, there wasn't any news about the twins on the TV. Tommy slowly turned the pages and read. He read the part about himself following the trail in the dirt, of finding the stakes and chain and discovering the collar on the ground. It said the weed dog became so obsessed with devouring human flesh that he couldn't control himself. Wisteria didn't wait until after dark for Tommy. He broke free. As he ran, he changed from dog to weed and weed to dog. He became more like the vine called Wisteria than the dog. 
Wisteria rooted himself down deep in the ground at the edge of Tommy's neighbor's yard. Instead of growing around everything in sight as the weed dog, he became entirely weed. He branched out in many directions. Once the tail rooted itself, the spikes acted like drill bits and spun the tail in deep. As it spun, the tail grew longer. Then the body followed by the four legs and the ears. Each of the expenditures grew at a frightening rate. As they did, Wisteria became stronger until the weed dog was unstoppable. Each part continued to grow. The spikes grew longer and sharper. The noise was deafening. Loud crunching and chewing and it sounded wet and it sounded like a monster. As it sped along, it wrapped around all plants in its path. Two of the legs burrowed underground, wrapping around water pipes and electrical cables. Wisteria's ears sought out human flesh. The noise was excruciating and came from all directions. The weed and the dog became one, causing destruction throughout the town. Tommy couldn't believe what he was reading. He could hear the weed munching its way. This isn't what I wanted to happen, he thought. I don't want everything and everyone destroyed. He only wanted to get rid of Mitch, Tony, and the twins. Then the essay would have been complete. He grabbed the notebook and climbed out of his window. He ran to the neighbor's house. It was true. All the trees and plants were being strangled and dying. He could see wisteria wrapped around everything. He continued throughout the town and saw the same thing everywhere. He looked in windows and knocked on doors, but saw no one. He ran to Mitch's house, then to Tony's. The police cruisers were still there, but there was no sign of life. No humans or animals, and not one tree or any other plant life was spared. Everything was either dead or devoured. Tommy ran back to his house, busting through the front door. Mom! Dad! You here? Hello! But there was no answer. Tommy clamped his hands over his ears. He couldn't stand the munching noise any longer. He stumbled backwards and slid down the wall into a sitting position on the floor, exhausted. I did some of the sound effects myself for this story, but the music credit goes to ESN Productions on YouTube, and a lot of the monster eating sounds and stuff like that goes to Monster Eating Sounds for Halloween on YouTube. Hello there. I just have a little add-on that I'm putting on to all of the old episodes. We have a new website address. It is... It's just a ghostpodcast.com. And we also have a new email address, and that is it's just a ghostpodcast at yahoo.com. So if you heard a different email or website address in this episode, please ignore that and use the new one. Again, the email is it's just a ghostpodcast at yahoo.com. And the website is it's just a ghostpodcast.com. Thank you so much. As always, please email us your paranormal experiences to it's just a ghost podcast at yahoo.com. 
and we will read them on an upcoming episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please follow and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can help us grow and get our name out there by telling your friends about us, and we would be thrilled if you would leave us five stars. This helps people find us out there in the sea of podcasts. It's all free, so why not, right? You can follow us on Facebook at It's Just a Ghost Podcast and on Twitter at It's Just a Ghost 2. That's the number two. And also on Instagram at It's Just a Ghost Podcast. Remember, ghosts are people too. Until next time.